It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Welcome inside the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. I am Trevor Sycamore. With me is Benjamin Solak, pick number 22 of the Guest Mock Draft Series. A pick held by the Minnesota Vikings was not always held by the Minnesota Vikings. They traded Stefan Diggs for number 22, among other things. So, lose a good wide receiver, but get a first-round pick out of it. And here on this podcast, that's what we're all about because we got more options here. Ben, before I go over the order and bring in our guest... What did you think about the Diggs trade? Did you like that trade to put the Vikings in the spot? I think that if you took the Stephon Diggs trade in a vacuum, I think the average person would be like, you know what? I think the Bills, you know, kind of got a good return on this. The Vikings, this is fine. Obviously, Stephon was was struggling there in Minnesota. You know, he didn't necessarily love how the direction of the franchise was. But still, you know, probably good good trade for the Bills. If you put it in the context of the DeAndre Hopkins trade, Shout out Rick Spielman. <laughs> Getting a first-round pick for a star receiver is harder than you'd think these days. Before we get to that Vikings pick, to recap the draft for you guys, Joe Burrow went number one, Chase Young number two, Jeff Akuda three, Jedrick Wills four, Tua Tungle-Vailoa five, Justin Herbert six, Javon Kinlaw seven, Isaiah Simmons eight, Derek Brown nine, Tristan Wirfs ten, Andrew Thomas eleven, CeeDee Lamb twelve, Jerry Judy thirteen, Mekhi Becton fourteen, Kenneth Murray fifteen, C.J. Henderson, 16, Henry Ruggs, 17, Justin Jefferson, 18, Trayvon Diggs, 19, Calevon Chason went 20, Jalen Rager went 21, and now we are on the clock here with Minnesota. To help us out with this pick, get us caught up on everything Minnesota, we have our good friend Arif Hassan, who it says in his Twitter handle, is inside from the Athletic Minnesota. Arif, thanks so much for joining us, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. Definitely inside. Uh, all right, Arif, I'll just uh, ask you right off the bat. Is Kirk Cousins good? Okay, take it away. <laughs> Very easy, simple question to answer. Uh, no, he, he improved a lot, uh, in particular this season, at the areas that uh, I think have been uh, weaknesses for him a long time. You know, whether or not he's got situational awareness, the ability to come back uh, in, in deficit situations late. Uh, whether or not you know he can perform in prime time or not, I thought he did all right against Seattle despite the loss. Got a comeback against Denver, did pretty well with national eyes on him uh, against New Orleans despite what looked like a fourth quarter collapse incoming. Um, and all the stuff that he was good at, he continued to be good at. He's an underrated deep ball thrower, uh, does well with timing, does really well with play action. Uh, the offense is purpose-built for him, and it's going to make him look better than he was. I think he's going to regress because he doesn't have digs. So statistically, he'll fall off, but he's been you know, a top-10 quarterback for most years statistically, even if it's a tough sell to say he's a top-10 quarterback. So largely good. Certainly you can win a Super Bowl with him. And I want to say this, too, just bouncing off of the Kirk Cousins thing, because I know that was a heater at you right away. But in, in more detail, is the contract timing right for him? Because he signed the extension. It was a two-year extension, right? And so do they have this lined up for where 
they can be committed to them or to him for the correct amount of time or maybe move on from him at the correct amount of time. Are they dealing with this Kirk Cousins? Because we asked the the the, the question at the beginning, and it's kind of funny because this is a great debate, but have the Vikings set themselves up well enough to when that question really is answered one way or the other? Are they handling and have they handled Kirk Cousins the right way? You know, honestly, I think in terms of timing for the contract, it's probably fine. Uh, it's kind of what you do with the fact that you've got an extension. So you free up some cap space, you kick the can down the road in terms of that cap space, and now you've got the capability to kind of maybe sign uh, a high-end free agent and and really take the Vikings to the next level or at least kind of make up for the losses that you got with the Stephon Diggs trade and a free agency. And that didn't really happen. So now the Vikings have $12 million in cap space that they're not using in any particular way. Uh, if they make a trade during the draft, at least they've got some flexibility in that regard. But um, the the timing is really kind of just about whether or not they can take advantage of the resources they have at their disposal now that they've made uh, you know some moves. And I don't think they have, and so they're not really making the most of the of the benefits that you get from an extension. And no matter what happens, they're going to feel kind of the teeth of the back end when when the costs come in, because uh, even though he's not technically guaranteed in the third year of that contract or the second year of the extension, rather, uh, it is functionally guaranteed uh, for about forty five million dollars. Um, and so that's going to be going to be really, and they're going to eat that no matter what, um, unless they're willing to take a forty million dollar cap hit next year and cut him. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't think the move is bad in isolation, but I think it, it doesn't mesh well with the other moves the Vikings have made. Yeah, I, I want to ask about that because if you look at... So the Vikings' free agency period was uh, extending Kirk Cousins, extending the fullback, if memory serves, and yeah, then returning... Year, second highest paid fullback in the league. Big ups. Um, <laughs> and then they returned some backup linemen, backup running back, uh, a punter. Yeah. And, and then kick. they... What was that? And kicker. And kicker. Oh, excuse yeah. me. So they got, um, they got their fourth running back, they got their punter, they got their kicker, uh, they got three backup offensive linemen, and a They got a new Stephon Diggs. Yeah, new Stephon Diggs and Tajay Sharp, too. Yeah, they got they got Tajay Sharp, who has started in the league. <laughs> uh, <laughs> right. The big, the big signing was the nose tackle, though. You can't you can't ignore the fact that along with the fullback, they yeah. got a nose tackle. Right. Michael right. Pierce, baby. He's yeah. a good player. He's but, really good. He's actually pretty tremendously good. Yeah, now, but but so my my thing is, you, you these are all the, the the signings that you had. You trade away Stephon Diggs. Uh, Josh Klein is gone. Xavier Rose is gone. Mac Alexander's gone. Uh, Trey Wayne's gone. Everson Griffin's still out there. Do you really think there's like there's nothing left? Like they're not bringing back Everson Griffin with twelve million. Like they created space for the Cousins extension. Let a lot of their starters walk. Made some extensions for some depth roster pieces, and then that's it. Like there's. I look at this and I I echo your sentiment. Like, there's got to be something else coming down the mountain, right? Yeah, it, it really feels like there is. I don't know if that's going to be Everson Griffin. Griffin said like goodbye to the Vikings on Instagram. Um, I'm kind of curious, kind of what his plan is because it sounds like he's in a holding pattern, waiting for Jadavian Clowney to sign somewhere. Um, and yeah, I don't know. Maybe the Vikings, you know, sign Jadavian Clowney. I mean, they're not one of the two rumored teams, right? It's the Titans and the Seahawks, but uh, they've they've maybe got the space for it, especially if they structure his contract in a particular way, or, you know, they could trade for Trent Williams, right? Um, so there's there's a move to be made, right? There's potential trade partners to have, there's potential free agents to sign, but it does seem like the Vikings have been 
walking backwards more than forwards uh, in uh, in free agency and in the offseason. Um, trading Stephon Diggs, I think, like you said uh, before I before I came in, I think it was probably a pretty reasonable value for both teams in a vacuum, but it doesn't fit kind of what the Vikings are attempting to do, which is in some ways try to build a winner for 2020 and, and make a run at the Super Bowl, which as good as a, as a, as a return you're going to get for a player in draft picks, you're almost certainly not going to get somebody as productive in all likelihood as Stephon Diggs right away. You might over the course of a four or five year right. contract, but you're not going to get that in 2020 in all likelihood. Right. Um, and so the return overall may be good in terms of where the Vikings are as a team, kind of murky. They're worse, right? Like they're just worse, period. Oh, as a team, yeah, they're worse as a team. Oh, um, if they maybe take advantage of some opportunities in the draft, if someone like C.D. Lamb falls, which obviously would be, you know, a uh, pretty surprising, you know, maybe they they can make some moves that increase kind of your odds of winning, uh, as as PFF would say, your wins above replacement. Um, and and you know with the with the fourth the future fourth and the fifth and the sixth that they got you know maybe make some moves elsewhere in the draft right up in the second round they they've got capital to move around and make some moves but it's always going to be for rookies right because that's the draft so uh, they they almost certainly got worse there was a risk that they got better which is not really where you want to be where you're like yeah there's some probability we got better. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yeah, so then I guess kind of moving it more towards these two picks, I mean, what's the plan here now? Because it changes things when you might be looking at it, like you said, it, it, are they trying to build a winner for 2020, 2021 even, like over the next two years? Or are they more for, like further down the road? Because a lot of teams that are picking – in the first round, you're thinking that these are kind of rebuilding teams, especially the way that they went about getting these two first-round picks. So how does this change relative to almost the way that you're looking at this roster and the needs that they have with two picks instead of one? Like, what directions do you think that they're going to go? Well, the 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 thing about having that second first-round pick is that it doesn't just give you one more option. It gives you a bevy of options because now they've got flexibility to move around in the draft. And so that's the thing that's both exciting and like frustrating as somebody's trying to project what the team is going to do. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, they could trade up with, with either 22 or 25 or both, you know, maybe, uh, they've got uh, a positive medical grade into a take of Iloa and, and the dolphins don't, and the lions don't want a quarterback and, and Washington's very content with, with Dwayne Haskins. And, and suddenly, you know, you're competing with the chargers, uh, and, and maybe the Colts or something for uh, a first round quarterback. And now you've got two first round picks. Uh, and so you could potentially trade up, uh, and, uh, and, and grab that guy for the future. Now, again, uh, Cousins is on essentially a three-year deal with the Vikings, and so you'd have to wait until the fourth and fifth year to get that. But that's a possibility. It's, it's a very remote, very unlikely possibility. But, you know, they can trade up for somebody who's fallen. Uh, and so that changes kind of the nature of things, too. But also, it, it makes it kind of easier for the Vikings to not 
have to worry as much about whether or not there's going to be a cliff in terms of talent because with only one pick, you have to estimate or figure out kind of what's going to be available to you in round two uh, in terms of talent. So should the Vikings pick a cornerback or an offensive tackle or a wide receiver, all of those are needs, maybe a defensive end to replace Everson Griffin, and and you have to make some some gambles or some bets as to kind of the level of talent that will be available to you in round two. And at tackle, that I think is the most interesting question because it depends on how people see Ezra Cleveland who'd be coming off an injury or Lucas Nyang who'd been coming off an injury or, or whether mm-hmm. or not, you know, you kind of trust, uh, you know, the, the PFF evaluation of somebody like Matt Pert um, who, who tested athletically fairly well or – or, you know, whether or not they're going to go high, whether or not you grade them as a third round pick, actually, um, you know, th- those are gambles you have to make if you want to, say, pick a cornerback or you have to do the opposite. It sounds like the league is really high on someone like Damon Arnett, who previously a couple weeks ago we thought might have been available for the Vikings at 58. Now mm-hmm. it sounds like, you know, he won't be. Right. And so if you pick a tackle, now you're making a bet on cornerback or something along those lines. Now, with two first round picks, now you can kind of insure yourself and say, hey, I know receiver is going to be a little bit deep, so I'm going to wait on that. I know that I'm worried about the landscape at cornerback and offensive tackle or cornerback and defensive tackle or something. And now I can pick one knowing that I think it was the Colts and the Saints pick right after uh, the the acquired pick from the Bills. Knowing that they need you know these positions, I can pick this one knowing that that was at a higher risk and wait on the position or the player I really want because I doubt that they'll go right away, which is what they did when Sharif Floyd fell in 2012. Uh, or in the 2013 draft after they traded Percy Harvin in 2012 for Seattle's first-round pick. And then mm-hmm. they were able to grab Xavier Rhodes, uh, and then they really wanted a receiver, so they, they traded back up into the first round for Cordell Patterson. But it, it seems like kind of a similar situation where they can take advantage of a falling player without having to worry about the player they were planning on getting. This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Discover. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Uh, when we're going now like in, into the first round, like you said, options are all on the table. If we start to calibrate to needs, you know, you brought up Damon Arnett as, as a potential target for corner. My thing with Minnesota and, and the cornerback position is you rarely see a team just wash their starters the way that Minnesota essentially did. When you lose Mac Alexander, Trey Waynes, and, and Xavier Rhodes using three out of your top four corners off the roster. Do you think that this is a, a moment where... Zimmer and 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 Spielman and and the staff in Minnesota is going to look to reset their prototype at corner. They're going to look to go for different bodies. They're going to change the way that they ask their corners to play, and that's kind of why they've they've reset the house a little bit. Or do you think they're going to stick with their prototype? Namely, like we we you know Mel Kiper on ESPN talking about corners yesterday. Like it goes Akuda and then C.J. Henderson and then God knows who. So there's a lot of guys in that second tier and that third tier. What what body types do you think? The, the the Vikings are looking for what skill sets do you think they're looking for at corner? Well, it's interesting they have they've actually already kind of uh, done that once where they they moved on from right. a particular body set, uh, type and skill set because you had your Xavier Rhodes and Trey Wayne's types that you know were running like eight second three cones right 
uh, that were just stiff as a board and 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 had length and had uh, down the field speed and, and some explosive capability, but just didn't have that much agility. Probably perfect for cover three style systems, which is not quite what the Vikings ran, but something that they could work with. And then, you know, kind of down the road, they switched to these corners that are running sub seven second three cones. People like my cues in the first round, but also kind of who they targeted an undrafted free agency, uh, who they signed after kind of camp cut. So people like, you know, Mark Fields, who's pretty quick. Yeah. Um, people like uh, Chris Boyd, Holton Hill, uh, who are lengthy but but have more agility than you'd expect for somebody of that size. Um, so they, they, they seemingly have already done that once. I'm kind of curious, like you said, whether or not they'll do that again. They typically have had kind of a height cutoff at corner. In fact, Zimmer said outright, if you're under 5'10", I'm just not that interested, uh, which is kind of funny because Captain Munnerlin was on the roster at the time. Uh, you know, <laughs> uh, uh, that's worse. That's yeah, worse than incredible. like. That's worse than like when the team sends out the goodbye graphic when the guy's still on the roster. When the GM roasts <laughs> something that you can't change, and you're sitting there just waiting to get fired. Okay, that's amazing. It's like no, it's like the meme of of like millennial girls like oh, I won't date anybody under five ten like talking to a dude who's like five seven. <laughs> you're just like okay. <laughs> it's, it's 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 remarkable. That's so uh, funny. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> but I, I wouldn't be shocked if you know the Chargers did this a while ago, and it wasn't just Jason Brett, although that's the most famous example where they they saw basically an arbitrage opportunity where where everybody was was overvaluing these like long lengthy corners because of what Seattle did and so they were drafting their Stanley Jean Baptistes and so on uh you know way early and the Chargers were like Jason Verrett's like a second really good runner? yeah yeah okay yeah let's do it um, so I kind of want to know if the Vikings kind of see this cuz it's it's still happening where like these these uh long lengthy corners are are valued pretty highly by the NFL and so the perfect test case is if the Vikings are interested in in somebody like Amik Robertson, who's about my height, um, and a substantially better corner. Um, you know that that would be interesting, right? For people um, for people who haven't seen you in real that. life out there, just so you know, you you you, you wouldn't pass the Rick Spielman threshold. I would height. not. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's it's a uh, uh, despite the pick uh, that I took of myself in the hoodie, I'm a very short person. The hoodie was a clutch pick. It was. It was. It was great. Um, I'm glad. I'm glad I've got a fashionista and Ben Solak agreeing with me here. Okay, good talk. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, we'll, we'll see. Um, I think that he's always wanted length at every position, so I think arm length or wingspan is going to matter. But other than that, I, I don't think that there's any solid rules we can say will kind of define how the Vikings approach the position, which opens up the board uh, pretty tremendously. I feel like that's just kind of the narrative around everything right I mean like every GM at some point gets caught up in the okay yeah bigger faster stronger like if you were just a bigger person and still maintain that you were a pro athlete caliber like GMs are just going to kind of salivate over you even though there might be other players that don't have the length that might be more skilled for the position or things like that I just I feel like that's a natural trap I don't want to say trap because it's worked out in some cases but GMs definitely fall for for the length. I feel like in a lot of different positions, and cornerbacks change just one of them. But um, all right, so we've talked about a lot of the needs that are here on the roster. Vikings, you talked about the the luxury of them having two picks. I know before you even got on the podcast, you were like, "Can I please trade this pick?" And I said, "No, absolutely not." So <laughs> you've instead got to sit here at twenty two. We'll put you on the clock right now. 
after looking at this Vikings roster, the things that they need and, and the outlook that you believe this team has, who are you going to be taking for the Vikings here at number 22 in this guest mock draft? All right, with the 22nd overall pick, the Vikings select Christian Fulton, cornerback yeah. LSU. Uh, kind of, I'm not surprised to see him down here. He's kind of moved down mock drafts over the past couple of weeks, but um, you take a look at kind of where he's been throughout the process. He's always been a first rounder. He'd been ahead of CJ Henderson for quite a few weeks as a, as a corner prospect, at least if you're tracking kind of where he was on on mock drafts and stuff like that. And I think he's still actually in that in that tier. He's more of an all rounder who's very comfortable in the type of football that, that Mike Zimmer plays. A lot of press man stuff. Uh, he's smart enough to play in the matchup zone that they want him to play. Um, you know he. Isn't quite, you know, the the run stopper that that Trey Waynes was or anything like that. But um, he's had enough experience in a lot of NFL style uh, schemes. You'll you play him on the outside. You've got Mike Hughes has the ability to play inside, so you don't have to worry about that about that too much. Um, but you know, for the most part, he doesn't have a ton of weaknesses in coverage. He can play essentially any scheme you want to. And, and given kind of how heterodox the Viking scheme happens to be, they'll play man, they'll play zone, they'll play. Uh, press zone, press man, they'll play anything, right? Um, having somebody like Fulton, who's got that experience, and not just experience, but has played well uh, within that experience, uh, I think would uh, give the Vikings what they want. Plus, you know, he's an above-average athlete. He's not a super athlete, but, you know, he's a pretty good athlete, uh, and, and they can ask him to do a lot. Ben, you've been a big Fulton guy throughout the process. How do you feel about this one? Yeah, no, I think that, like, I, I liked it right away when, when Reef said it. It's the pick I, I would have made, which is why I liked it. There's nothing to Reef did. It's mostly me. <laughs> um, can, I, can I make another pick? <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, but what Arif said about the the very, the very variety of deployments that the Vikings use their corners is, I think, really important because the thing about Fulton is that he's he's rock steady. He's so comfortable in a lot. He's pl- comfortable playing in press, comfortable playing in trail, off. He's, he's got great eyes. He's got good vision. Do you want him in turn and run? Probably not because he's not the fastest and longest dude. And I think that, you know, it, that's not a hard thing to figure out with Fulton in terms of that just being physically not his strength. But he's able to do so many things because he's really patient. He's really under control. He doesn't panic. And he's really smart. And so he might not be the best starter for press man, might not be the best starter for cover three zone heavy or whatever. But for a team like the Vikings who want corners that can do a lot for them, Fulton's one of the few that I think can. So it makes a lot of sense. And yeah, if he's going to be there, which we haven't thought about for the majority of the pre-draft process, but if he is, I think it's good for the Vikings. That's Reef Hassan, everybody. He's a great football mind, great draft mind. So if you don't have a subscription yet to The Athletic, go get one. Read his work. You'll be a smarter football fan for it. Number 23, the New England Patriots. Coming up next, you guys keep it locked right here on Locked on NFL Draft. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked on podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. 